Don't play with things that go boom. Lessons from my days in Olive Drab by Clint Morey, specialist fourth class, retired. Well, not actually retired. It's more like I didn't re-up. Episode 11. Welcome to Vietnam. Finally, after two months of basic training, a brief stint on temporary duty, two months of fire direction control school, a month of leave, and a few extra days at Fort Lewis, retaking all of my shots, finally, I arrived by plane at Cam Ranh Bay, Vietnam. Day one. We were taken to a large building where we were told how we would be processed. We would be assigned to groups and take some orientation classes, and then we would be sent to the unit that would be our home for the next year. It sounded simple enough. Well, before we were sent on our way, however, the soldier giving us the briefing asked if anyone was related to a congressman. A few hands went up. And he then asked those people to come down, and they were led through a door. We never saw them again. He assured us that the people who left were not getting any special treatment. Now, I don't know why, but for some reason, I didn't believe him. I waited for him to ask if anyone was related to a journeyman machinist, my dad's job, but he didn't ask. So I didn't get to go out that door. I didn't get to not get the special treatment like those related to a congressman didn't get. Instead, we were sent to another temporary home until we got our assignment. At this new location, we were told to line up. Now, I found a place near the front of the group. I don't know why I liked fronts of groups, but one of the experienced guys in the group, I think he arrived maybe the day before me, said that we shouldn't stand in the front because that's where they pick the guys for KP. KP? In Vietnam? I didn't even know they did KP in a war zone, but with my luck, I figured I would get stuck with the job. So I decided to join the experienced guy in the back row. Now the soldier running the show handed out orders for those who had received their assignments and told them where to catch their rides. For most, that was a chopper pad where they would be flown to their new assigned unit. The rest of us got some instruction on what to expect, primarily what to avoid in Vietnam. Uh, And then he started to give out jobs for us to do while we were waiting for our orders. Now, most of the jobs were simple, cleaning up an area, helping move stuff, things like that. And not everyone got a job. And when he said he needed about five guys for KP, I have to admit, I felt sorry for the guys up front who didn't get the inside scoop on where to stand. I was glad I had joined my experienced friend in the back row. But the soldier in charge didn't even look at the guys in the front row. Instead, he looked at the back row. He pointed at me and a couple of guys near me and said, You guys have KP. Now, this was not how I expected my first day in Vietnam to go, but it seemed about right for my Army career. I seemed to have a knack for getting the less than desirable opportunities. And after I finished KP that day, the soldier in charge found me and a couple of other guys and said we would be doing guard duty that night. Guard duty? 
This was a very large and very important military base. How could they put someone like me with absolutely zero experience on guard duty? I assumed I would be on the edge of the facility, staring out into the dark jungle and watching and listening for a surprise attack. Well, my assumption was wrong. The soldier took us to various places around the base and gave us specific orders on how to guard stuff inside the base. Now it was getting dark, and I was taken to a remote area of the base. There was a road going down by a fence, and I was stationed at a gate and told I should not let anyone pass through that gate unless they gave me the password for the day. He told me the password, he handed me a rifle, and he left. So there I was, standing alone with the rifle that he gave me, an M14. Now, the M14 was the Army standard, standard issue rifle from about 1959 to 1964. This was 1970. I had never used an M14 in my life, not in basic, not in advanced training. I was never even shown films of it being used in the Army. I guess I could have figured it out. Uh, I mean, a rifle was a rifle. But the army made certain I wouldn't make a mistake with this weapon of war they gave me. They did that by not giving me any ammunition. So there I stood in the dark on a remote part of this big military base, standing guard duty with a secret password and a rifle that had no bullets and my wits or lack thereof. Now, if anyone tried to come through my gate, they'd best know the password or I would. Well, I actually didn't know what I would do. I just hoped no one would come my way. I mean, it was dark. It was lonely. I wouldn't come that way. For a long time, no one did come. Now, I couldn't think of any reason why anyone would come to this part of the base and go through my gate. But then I saw him. I couldn't make out his features in the dark, but he was walking my way. He was definitely coming to my gate. I went over the routine in my mind. I would tell him to halt, and then I would ask him for the password. He would give me the password, and then I would let him through. I'd seen this interchange many times in old World War II movies. I could do this. I knew it. I could do it. As he came closer, I could see that he was an officer. Well, kind of officer, a second lieutenant. I stepped in his path and I said, halt. He stopped and looked at me. I wondered if he knew I didn't have any ammunition. Password, I said, with all the command authority that I could muster after a day on KP. He looked at me, shook his head and said, you've got to be kidding. And then he walked by me and went through the gate. What, what was I supposed to do? Beat him over the head with my bulletless M14? I watched him as he disappeared into the darkness. Did I just fail at my first job in the war? Would I get in trouble? Well, a little while later, I saw some more movement coming down the road toward me. I determined this time I would not fail. I had a job to do and I would do it, even if it was something more than a second lieutenant. Now, I was relieved when I realized it wasn't a person at all. It was too low to the ground. It was some kind of animal. I could see that from the reflection in its eyes. Now, I couldn't make out exactly what kind of animal it was, but 
It was about the size of a dog, and I hadn't seen any dogs on the base, but I figured someone had a dog as a pet, and this dog was just trotting around the base, coming directly toward me. I wondered if a dog was allowed to pass through the gate without a password. Maybe I should tell it to halt and ask for the password. I'm just joking. I'm not that stupid. Well, I might be, but I wouldn't ask a dog for a password. The dog continued to come my way, and I figured I could at least try to make a new friend. But then I realized the walk was more of a, well, wobble. Maybe it was a short, fat dog. And as it got closer, I began to make out the details of the shape. It wasn't a dog, and I was not going to make a new friend. It was a rat, the biggest rat I had ever seen in my life. I raised my unloaded rifle, made some threatening moves and some aggressive noises, and the creature decided to head in a different direction. I was once again alone. But this time, I was a success. As I evaluated my first job in this war, except for the second lieutenant, no one got through my gate that night, not even a very large rat. And after my time on guard duty was over, I returned to the temporary home we had been given and got a good night's sleep. Day two in Vietnam. The next day, we were told to shower, which was probably good advice because it had been a couple of days and all of us were a bit on the grungy side. Now, the showers were in a large area underneath some type of canopy and the I don't know if they were gravity fed or if they actually had plumbing in there. But anyway, the heads were up high and there was just one tiny problem for me. There were several Vietnamese women keeping the area clean and picked up. I did not feel comfortable getting naked and taking a shower in front of several women. But again, the army had no desire to address my concerns. So I obeyed orders and took a shower. Then we gathered at our meeting place. I was hoping I would get my orders for where I would be assigned, but it didn't happen that day. We had a couple of more instructional sessions on what to watch out for in Vietnam, and then we regathered. Now, my experienced friend had already received his orders and he was gone, but I'd learned my lesson from the previous day. This time, I took my place up front. I was not going to do KP again. So they gave out jobs, and it was time to pick out the KP crew. Well, he didn't look at the back row. He looked at those of us in the front row, pointed at me and a couple of guys near me, and said, we were on KP. So in my first two days in Vietnam, I did KP, Kitchen Police. Not exactly how I expected my time in Vietnam to begin. But... At the end of the day, I finally received my orders and I would be going to a place called Hawk Hill and joining something called the 3rd of the 82nd Artillery. This would be my unit and hopefully I would never have to do KP again. Now I have three lessons from this stage of my Army career. Lesson number one, God is in control. Even if things don't go the way I think they should, and they often don't. I need to remember that God is in control. Lesson number two, be careful who you turn to for advice. Sometimes the people who give you advice 
don't know what they're talking about. And lesson number three, don't try to make friends with rats. Rats are not good. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others. Before I go, I'd like to share a blessing with you from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Number 6, 24 to 26.